Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host, Bella, and we're here for another week, which is very, very, very exciting. Guys, I've got a new setup today and I'm not sat on the floor and I'm finally using the tripod that I bought ages ago. And I'm telling you, it feels like such a luxury to be sat in a chair. It really is the simple things in life. The fact that my legs will not go numb halfway through recording this is honestly such, such a blessing, such an enjoyment. Now, speaking honestly, I was meant to record this podcast about an hour ago. And I wish I could tell you I was doing something productive because that's why the reason this is late. There is no reason this is late other than I was watching TikTok. Not for an hour, not for an hour. I haven't wasted an hour watching it. But recently, I don't know what's been going on. It's like the gods of TikTok looked at me this week and were like, you're feeling emotional, let's test you, because my feed recently has been this emotional, it's been like emotional torture, it's been emotional torture, it has been, you know how sometimes it's like boring stuff that comes up, mine has not been boring, mine has basically been about, like, has any of you watched About Time? Not About Time, I don't mean that one, oh, what's that really sad film? I can't even remember, it's basically been like an emotional rom-com every single video oh my god yesterday i watched this video about this priest who was really sad and single and living alone in his house and the dog that they he found from dogs trust and it was like a good five minute video and it was like how him and the dog like fell in love not fell in love that sounds weird (laughs) how him and the dog like formed this relationship and they reduced each other's loneliness because the dog was a rescue dog and like how happy he was and he was suffering depression how much better his life was because he was living in in this you can already hear me getting emotional about it fucking hell everyone the emotional the the amount of emotion that I have felt has been overwhelming it's like they knew how I was feeling this week they knew what was going on they knew what they should send me and they have sent it to me and that is what's really taken me an hour it it has distracted me to say the least it's been very difficult to get off because the videos have been so like heartwarming so lovely such a feel-good five minutes and that is why i have uh, limited my screen time on there now because realistically it's not a good use of my time and it is struggling i think they knew i was wanting to come off it and that's why they have sent me this barrage of emotional manipulation like why can't they just put on loads of ads loads of tiktok dances like loads of things that i just don't find interesting because then i just not be on it ever ever. I guess that's the whole point of the algorithm, isn't it? It's it's now. I bet it's because I started watching them when I was on my period, the emotional ones, and now it thinks that's what I like. I'm acting as if I've cracked the case. That's literally what an algorithm is. But we move. We move. Right, I should probably do a life update because because I recorded the last week's podcast on a Thursday. We have a full week and three days. Week and two days. I'm just not able to count to update you all on. And it has been an eventful two weeks. One week and two days. Time is passing at the moment like a ridiculous knot. Oh my God, tomorrow it's August. Tomorrow I'm in the same month as I go to Bali. Tomorrow is my birthday month. Tomorrow is my birthday month, everyone. And that is so exciting. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. I hadn't even realised. Oh, you know when all of a sudden your birthday just dawns on you? I need to think what I want. But anyway, life update. Let's start from the beginning. So as you know, some people were coming to stay at my house last weekend, which was lovely. My friends were coming over. We had a big weekend planned. Well, actually, it was Louis, my boyfriend's housemate, was coming um, because he doesn't live in Scarborough and he was coming to stay. And I was like, well, I have a free house, so you may as well just stay at my house. And so he came and stayed at our house. And we had some other friends staying. And on Friday, I wouldn't call it a party. A party feels very very much like I'm overestimating it. It was a solid six people, so really not a gathering. I always find it weird when people call things gatherings, though. Makes me feel like something in a woods. Sounds a bit like, I don't know, what's the word? Has anyone watched that film where it was about people gathering in the woods? Midsummer Gives me that type of vibe. And it wasn't that in the slightest. But I'm going to say gathering because I feel like that's the only one appropriate. But he came round and my best mate and her boyfriend came and another one of our mates and my boyfriend came. And honestly, it was lovely. It was really, really lovely. It made me so excited to have my own house. Like to have my, because as much as I love going out, sometimes having it at your own house is so much more fun. I am a sucker for a house party. I love a house party like no other. Right, pros of a house party. One, food whenever you want it. Whenever you're hungry, I made sure I had a good snack selection. I had food in the fridge. I had pizzas ready for when I got snacky because I am a snacky drunk. I like a snack. Snacks on tap, it was fine. Second pro, can play whatever music you like. 
whatever music you like. Luckily, I pre-warned the neighbours, so the music wasn't really worried. So we just had it really loud. And honestly, it was brilliant. It was so good. Full control over the music choice. Full control over the people there. You know, like, I had people there and I loved every single person that came and it was so much fun. Sometimes when you're on a night out, I mean, I'm acting like there's people I don't like that I would meet on a night out. There's literally no one that I could meet on a night out that I wouldn't like. I don't know enough people not to like people on nights out, I'm now realising. But we move, we move past that fact. It's not important. So, that's the other pro. Other pro, you can be really comfy. You can wear whatever clothes you want. You can, wear, you can just wear, like, casual clothes. I just wore comfy clothes, but, like, nice comfy clothes. It was... Um, I have these, like, cord trousers, cord cargo trousers, and they are, honestly, it's like sitting in a blanket. It's so comfortable. You can wear whatever you like. You have food on tap. Drinks are cheaper. Drinks are so much cheaper. You can drink whatever you want. It's brilliant. Whatever music you like, whatever company you want, honestly... I just think they're more fun because as well, you can all split off and go for little chats and it just, oh, I don't know, it's just more interesting. I do like a night out though. I don't want to write the, I don't want to have it on tap that I actually hate going on nights out. I don't. I do really enjoy them because they are different. It is nice to be able to go and like be in the outdoors. No, <laughs> it's nice to be able to go meet new people. I feel like that's the biggest benefit of going on nights out. And also nights out are really, really fun to see different DJs. I love going to a night out for a DJ. That's always so much. Going to a night out for a DJ. I mean, a rave. That's what I'm trying to say here. I am incapable of speaking today. It was a bold move to decide to write to record a podcast today, to be fair. Now I'm thinking of it. The things I have been saying today have literally made no sense. I put a message in a group chat and I had to apologise. I had to apologise because I read that back and I do not even know what I thought I was trying to say. Wish I had an excuse. Have no excuse. It was literally about an hour ago, fully sober, fully fine. Nothing. There was no reason why. So yeah, if some things I say don't make sense, I apologise. We'll just move past it. But yeah, we had a like house party. You can't see my air quotations. Mm, Wasn't one, but let's go with that. And it was so much fun. And then on the Saturday, I thought I was going to die from my hangover um because oh it was just it was traumatic to be honest I did the classic thing of my friend was leaving early so she woke me up to say bye I am a very bad sleeper very bad it pisses everyone off I'm like a child it's been this way since I was a kid apparently mum used to say when we were on holiday and I was a baby like if I because I would obviously be in the cot in the same room as mum and dad and if I woke up they would look at each other and they'd just be like don't make eye contact with her because if anyone made eye contact with me, then I'd start chatting and talking and wanting to play and I'd just be bored. As soon as I wake up, I'm awake. I am not like a dozy sleeper in the morning, like, you know, slow wake up. No. As soon as I'm awake, I am, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I don't need that wake up time. Imagine this, but at seven o'clock in the morning. It's too intense. It's too much for anyone involved. So... As soon as I woke up, that was it. I was awake and I knew I would piss my boyfriend off. So I went downstairs and I cleaned the house. Now, some of you might have thought, I thought you were dying from your hangover. I was dying, but I wasn't feeling sicky. I was just very tired, but I can't go back to sleep once I'm awake. And so this was the only option. And honestly, I think it was a good choice because I was probably still a bit drunk. So I record, I, I recorded, I did not record a podcast. That would have been mental. Um... And so I cleaned the house without even really realising I was doing it, without complaining too much, put some some nice music. It was very relaxing, to be honest. Then I went and sat outside and read my book and waited for everyone else to wake up. And honestly, when they all woke up feeling like horrible and I had already like washed my face, got into comfy clothes, made myself a coffee, read outside, I have never felt so like just like on top of my shit. I didn't look like it, but I felt like it. I felt 10 out of 10. I mean, they saw through it straight away and we quickly all ran inside and watched Love Island. It was, yeah, it didn't really last. But for that one moment, for those moments, I felt I felt unstoppable people. And then we decided, because obviously our mate hasn't been to Scarborough before, we thought we'd better show him, show him Scarborough. Show him this beautiful place we live in. And so when you, when you come to Scarborough, I'm acting as if, you know, everyone's just going to come and visit. No. <laughs> But if you ever come to Scarborough, one of the biggest things you so we, one of the biggest things you can do is go to the seafront. We live on the sea. 
you're going to have to go to the seafront. Did you know Scarborough is actually the first resort in the UK? <laughs> That's our claim to fame. We were the first seaside resort. So yeah, you're welcome for that little historical fact. This is why it's an educational podcast, people. I'm really saving you with these little tips and tricks. But yeah, anyway, on to the main story. And so we went to Farrah's, which is like a cafe on the spa. All my friends work there. It's very nice. And so we went there and then got a massive hot chocolate. Sugar is very good on a hangover, I'm sure you all know. And so then we slowly walked along the beach. The beach is a lovely place when you have a hangover. Would highly recommend. It makes you feel very... I think it's the fresh air. I think it's the fresh sea air. It's just very nice, refreshing, calming. When I'm hungover, I need to be like... I'm fine. And this helped. This really helped. I was also wearing dungarees, which was very good life choice. So comfy. Um, And then... Then we got fish and chips because I thought I was going to be sick and I needed food. So we got fish and chips. I say fish and chips. I didn't actually get fish and chips. I got a chip butty. Can't go wrong with that. Fish and chips is too bold of a move when you're hungover, okay? Everyone stop judging. I feel like people don't understand the chip butty. It's a totally underappreciated art form. In Scarborough, it's basically a five a day. It's one, it's a, it's a classic. It's so cheap as well. It's so cheap. And so we got one of those and I started to regain my life back together. I think I must have changed colour. And then we saw the fair. Oh, this was such a bad idea. This was such a bad idea. And obviously, anyone who's new to Scarborough sees the fair, thinks, I want to go there. Don't blame them. I love fairground rides and water parks. Like, the amount of times I'd made my boyfriend go to the fair with me, the amount of times I'd make people go to the fair with me, I go there probably a little bit too often, to be honest. I don't even want to think about how much money. I just love it. It's so much fun to have a fair where you live. It's so much fun. Um, and so we went on this ride called King Frog, which is about as bad as you can ever imagine. The whole premise of the ride is it jumps like a frog. So imagine you've just eaten your body weight in chips. You've had a massive sugary hot chocolate with whipped cream, marshmallows, crushed lotus, a lotus biscuit. Like, you don't call them lotus, you call them biscoff, don't you? Never mind, you all know what I mean. It was incredible. So we sat on the ride and I've just drank a lot of water to, you know, cleanse the palate. And the ride starts and it starts... And it starts going faster and it starts jumping more. And all of a sudden, I think, you know what? This hands down might have been the worst decision I have ever done in my entire life. The sickness I felt in that moment was like nothing I've ever experienced. The panic and thought of the fact that I am genuinely going to throw up over the girls in front of me. And we're going to have to finish the ride and I'm going to have to see their parents this might have been hands down the worst experience and the concentration I had in those let's be honest it was probably only two minutes it's probably only two minutes but they don't tell you I forgot it went backwards okay so we're bouncing 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 round in this big circle and then it goes up to the top and then does these drops 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 and then it starts going backwards so then you're jumping backwards 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 then forwards then backwards then forwards then backwards then still and drop and drop and drop and honestly guys I swear to god it was like it it was like, it it was the worst. I really pushed myself to the limits that day. I now know whenever I think I'm going to be sick, I can survive anything. I am made of stronger stuff than I thought I was. And it was, it was a good thing to learn. So then we came back and we watched potentially the worst film I have ever watched in my entire life. We also watched the UFC because they're, they all love that type of thing. I have never watched it before. I was kind of interested. I'm kind of intrigued by the whole idea and concept about it, the talent that goes into it, the amount of effort and work and training and knowledge of different fighting styles. Like, it is so impressive because you're not just a master of your own. You have to be a master of everything. It honestly is like picking... uh, It's like designing your own character. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has different strengths and stuff, and I started to see it a bit like, I don't know... I can't even, like, literally, like, designing character on a video game. And I found that really interesting. And then we watched potentially the worst horror film I've ever watched in my entire life. And it was gave the worst reputation to Yorkshire I have ever, ever seen. I don't even want to say it because I don't want any of you to watch it because it was one of the worst films I have ever, ever, ever watched, ever watched. Honestly, I slept through most of it. It was one of those really... I haven't even told you the name. It's called Inbred. It's on Amazon Prime, maybe? It was, I think it was on Amazon Prime, not Netflix. It, guys, it was so bad. It was, it was so bad. 
so bad. I can't explain to you how bad this film was. The whole premise is this family go to a lovely cottage in Yorkshire and something happens to the dad. He gets hurt and so he they go to this pub and these village people are there and they basically torture this family. They torture this family. It's horrific. It's set like these people are sexist, racist. They are but they're murderers they murder everyone like they murder it is honestly the worst film i have ever watched ever watched not only was it very uncomfortable to watch it was also very 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 gory very gory the entire premise of the film right press pause now and skip about two minutes because if you want to watch this don't watch it it's shit and i would not recommend but if you do probably skip because i'm about to spoil it to you um, the entire premise of the film was killing the family. That was it. There was no storyline. You know, in a horror film, sometimes there's like suspense. There's stuff going on. There's like a bit of a storyline to it. There's a ba- there was no storyline. It was just systematically going through. And honestly, what, terrible film. Terrible film. It was awful. It it was just really, really awful. So yeah, don't watch that if you want to enjoy your evening. It was also, I ended up just falling asleep because I was really dying um, and I did not want to watch this. But because it was so loud, we ended, I was just waking up and just hearing these like horrible noises and I could wake up and someone would be getting like squished and I'd be like, oh, that is horrible. That is just very violent. I don't like violent horror films, I've realised. They're not for me. I don't really like violence, she says, after watching UFC. That was so much less violent than this. That was such a violent film, and I really don't enjoy violent films. I just... They make me feel sick. I can't watch them. I've tried. I've tried to watch them. I can't do it. So, no. Would not recommend that in the slightest. And so, because I'd fallen asleep when I woke up on Sunday, I felt tip-top condition. I felt excellent. I felt brilliant i woke up and made hot cross buns not from scratch i wish i could pretend they were from scratch they weren't from scratch they were from they were te- i i mixed everything but everything came in this pre-done packet and they were delicious but then disaster struck in the fact that my parents were coming home the next day so i had to properly clean the entire house and the anxiety i get about when people come home after being away because you know when you think they're going to judge everything because like it might not be right or anything like that oh, i was so stressed i was so stressed i've never hoovered like i hoovered that day but it's fine because they came back and it was lovely to see them and we had like a big catch up and that was really nice because they've been away in france and i had to stay here because i'm working and now i've got to the age where can't go with them because I have a job and that feels so grown up and also very upsetting at the same time I feel like a proper adult and I do not feel like a proper adult so that was kind of intimidating but we move but then the rest of this week has really just been that was really just the weekend the rest of this week has just been a lot of intense working and trying to do the podcast and this is going to be the topic of this week's podcast episode is burnout because it's been real this week and I feel like a lot of what I've done this week feeds into the burnout episode. It's really just been work, I can't lie. I would like to pretend I have a more interesting life in the week. But working full-time, doing this full-time, like, doing so... I don't know how so many people have do stuff in the evenings. I literally don't know how they do it. I do not do it. So if you're like me and literally only do stuff on the weekends, that is so fine. It's not like... And the thing is, I think people are like, oh, don't just live for the weekends. I'm not just living for the weekends. I just genuinely don't have time to fit anything else in in the week. I'm so... Everything's so chock-a-block in the week that I just don't have time. What I did manage to do, I suppose last night I did have a Mexican night with my boyfriend and that was lovely. We cooked so much good food. I love cooking. I love cooking so much. I would always prefer to cook than go out for a meal, I think I've realised. Because A, unless you're going to a really nice restaurant, I reckon I could cook better. Because you know it's disappointing when you go to a restaurant and it's just average. When it's just kind of what you're expecting it to be, when it's just like nothing special. Mm, Not a fan cooking is so much more fun it feel like it's more like romantic as well because then you get to chat and it's cheaper because i'm on a budget right now she says after spending so much money today but we'll get to that and then today today i potentially had the best charity shopping of my life of my life you know when you go into the shops and you just it's one of those days everything I was finding, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I found the perfect skirt, perfect mini skirt, a perfect embroidered mini skirt, a denim dress, and this handbag, which I love. It's like velvety with bees on this. Oh, it's so nice. I'm going to clear through my mini bags. 
because I don't like all of them. I really don't. I've just kept them all because I am a hoarder and I'm bad at throwing things away. And looking at them now, there's at least one. I haven't worn that one. I haven't worn that one. I've never worn that one or that one. There's at least five on that wall that I don't actually like. I just bought because I thought it looked nice. I had a bit of an addiction to mini bags at one point and now I am through it. I'm able to consciously choose the bags I like. And the only benefit of this was, well, I say I spent loads of money. I literally spent £15 on that. The skirt was £2, another skirt was £2. The most expensive thing I bought was the bag and that was £6. Like I, these clothes, they're for Bali. It's an investment. I'm so excited to use Bali as an excuse to update my summer wardrobe. Should have probably done this before now, but we move. But anyway, I have now been ranting about my life for 20 of your minutes of your time. 20 of your minutes. This is what I mean about not really speaking properly. We should probably move on to the main topic of this week's podcast. I think I just had potentially the most dramatic dinner I have ever had in my entire life. It actually worked perfectly. I finished recording the first part of the podcast. They shouted out to me, they're like, dinner's ready. I was like, brilliant. This is excellent time. You can eat dinner, come back. Oh no. Within the space of 10 minutes, my sister made me cry. She then cried because she made me cry. She then went to go and hug my dad, who then broke the chair he was sat on, whacked his head, broke the chair and nearly fainted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why is my family so dramatic? Why is my family so dramatic? Why why are we so dramatic? There's literally no need. My mum was just sat there like, what is wrong with you all? It's been 10 minutes and how has this happened? <laughs> But anyway, on with the show. It doesn't matter. It was just um, a very eventful dinner time. And uh, it's always an eventful dinner time. No, it's not. It's never that eventful. That was seriously dramatic. At one point, my dad was like looking up and looking down, looking to the side. Looking to the side. He was like, I'm just regaining my... Re- what does he say? I'm just regaining... What's that word? I can't even remember. Oh, it's... I'm just regaining my bearings. I was like, Dad... That is so dramatic. You are not a ship on the sea. You are absolutely fine. Because he fell in slow motion, everyone. He fully fell in slow motion. I mean, apparently it really hurt. He said it really hurt. I watched the entire thing happen and laughed afterwards, which was the wrong response. You know when you misjudge it and you think it's going to be a really funny thing moment? Because it was pretty funny when it happened. And no, wasn't funny. But anyway, as I said, on with the show. So today's podcast is all about burnout. Because burnout has been something that I have really, really been struggling with this week. And you probably know from what I've been putting on my Instagram stories and kind of what you'll hear in the coming week. But this week has just been very... I feel like last week, as I said, I was very anxious. And I recorded a podcast about it. And I was like, but no, things are getting better. Things are going fine. And the issue with that was, is that I did put things in place to make me feel less anxious. But I didn't really get to the root of the issue. I didn't really... I worked out ways to help me when I was feeling like that, but I didn't really think about the things that were actually causing it. And I think the reality is I had just, I had just taken on too much. I, I think with mum and dad being away and me having to look after everything in the house and the dog and the fish, which just side note, did you all know that fish food is crushed, 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 crustaceans that is a tongue twister I did not know that oh yeah on on top of that traumatic dinner it ended by me realizing that I had just fed the fish and what I had fed the fish with was actual dead crumbled up fish that freaked me out not a fan but anyway moving on not the point of the podcast so by doing all of that which I know it probably doesn't sound like a lot but I was working so I'd wake up I would do a workout I'd then do my job and in my lunch hour I would record a video which would take me a good 40 minutes I would then quickly eat lunch I'd then go back to work I'd then finish work I'd then go walk the dog then I'd cook dinner and then I'd have to clean and then I'd and it was literally there's this whole amount of jobs and the entire time with the you've got mail account and everything, for some reason, I just wasn't really switching my brain off from it. I wasn't going on it because I was at work, obviously, but like, it was there. It was in my head. I couldn't stop thinking about it, which is good because when you love something, that's how it should be. But this was unhealthy. And I think this past week when they arrived back, I was in a bit of like a weird headspace. I wasn't really 
Tay, I couldn't really be around anyone. I was finding it like too over, like too overstimulated. I just couldn't really chat to anyone. I wasn't really chatting. I wasn't very chatty with everyone. I wasn't really letting them in because normally, like me and my family are really close, and we chat all the time about everything. And they came back, and I just was very, very reserved and kind of in my shell a little bit because I just felt so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. Look, this is my diary entry that I woke, wrote on the Monday as well. This is what I wrote. Right now I feel a bit overwhelmed with everything. I feel like I'm being pulled in too many directions, too many people, too many things. I had a good chat. I agreed. I have to do less. I don't have to do anything. I don't want to. Everything is a choice. If it lets people down, that is okay. People are noticing I'm not feeling great. I feel anxious because I'm getting pulled in too many directions. And I think this was this thing of that I didn't it, it almost felt like my brain had too many tabs open in Chrome. Like, I get bullied about this so much at work because I'm renowned for having too many tabs open. But I had too many things going on because on top of working, then I was also thinking about the podcast. And then I was also wanting to spend time with my family because they've just come back home. But then I also need to spend time with my boyfriend. And then I had friends to go and see. And I also wanted to do the exercising and working out because I know that's good. And it's like I had all of these things going on and going on and going on. And it was just getting too much and the thing is I would try and fit things in my day that I actually didn't have time for like I'd arranged to meet my boyfriend at half five knowing full well full well that at quarter past five I finish work and I'm going for a run my run takes me about 40 minutes there is no way I was ever going to be back for half five but I felt guilty saying that I wasn't going to be back in time and I didn't want to let him down and I thought it was actually healthier if I just said I could be there and I was a bit late. But by letting someone down, I know I spoke about this in the negative, like how to not be as negative or that podcast where I speak about um, the power of bad, that book. The biggest thing I learned in that book was how actually that when you agree to something and then let someone down and are late, that negative impact, because our brain focuses on the negative side of things, the impact of letting someone down is far more than saying no in the moment. And so all of these things I was getting, I was agreeing to too many things and then feeling guilty because I was agreeing to too many things and I didn't know who to like say no to. And then this would get overwhelming. And then I'd say no and then I'd disappoint people. And then it'd be another tab open because I would feel like I disappointed them. And it was like, guys, it was a vicious cycle. It was not going well because I just constantly felt like I was letting people down and I didn't know really what to do and then it finally hit breaking point and I think the other thing well, it was not the break before prior to the breaking point was that when I was agreeing to do things with people I wasn't fully present in the moment I was thinking about you've got mail and it was on my mind in a kind of very stressful way because for some reason I don't know I think it's because me and my parents were chatting about it and they were like I think it's because when we left you I was on my own loads obviously like on my own throughout the day um like obviously mornings and evenings I'd see my boyfriend friend he would come over and stay but he also works and he works different shift patterns to me and he often works like later shift patterns because he works in um hospitality which obviously is not a nine to five it's like they open at 10 and they finish at midnight is he could be working at any point between eight and 12 so it's very very different to mine which means that I was on my own quite a lot and I think in that time those two weeks when I was on my own I got a bit obsessive with checking things because I was bored I didn't I was just bored so I would just check because it was something to check to do and then I got into the habit of checking to do things and I realized that like it kind of like reared its head properly when we're having dinner and he was like every time I'm going on to change music you're going on to check your phone and I was like oh my god you're right I am I haven't even clocked it I didn't even realize I was doing it and I was I was totally doing it and not only is that really annoying to the person you're spending time with because someone did it to me and it was I was so annoyed because I was like you're not even thinking about being me and you and then it all of a sudden was a wake-up call of this isn't really what it should be like. This is what I'm doing to everyone else. Because I never knew to understand, like if I was watching a film and I went on my phone, like what's the issue? What does it matter if I'm going on my phone? I'm still with you. But you're not with them there. You're with them, but you're not thinking about them. You're not actually present in the moment. And that that's what that is. That's why it's so fun to watch a film with each other. And I think... This is what I was starting to realise slowly but surely. I hadn't been doing any of this, so I'd never been present totally in what I was doing. I was always thinking about something else and it just resulted in burnout because this week I have felt so tired and emotional. I realise this has been... Uh, the past few weeks I haven't been feeling great and this has all been leading up because I have been burning out. Burning out big time. I have been exhausted 
haven't really told anyone this, my eye has started twitching in a very bad way. My right, my left eye underneath, like the lower, the, I don't know what you even call the lower part of your eye. I don't know, the, the lower part of your eye, that part with the lower lashes on, that has started twitching. That had started twitching quite regularly. I was also so emotional. I was just also quite, I didn't have much time or patience for people. And that's quite unlike me because I'm quite a patient person. Um, they, I had none of it. I was very anxious. And I realised all of a sudden, this burnout feeling, I was filling my time with a ridiculous amount of things. I, I would literally try and cram in so much in my life, so much in my day to day, because I had this overwhelming anxiety that I wasn't doing enough, because I had started to associate my value and self-worth with how well everything in my life was doing. And I'd become totally overrun with this. And I think, as I said, this happened because I don't know why, but for the past few days, I really lost sight of what I wanted You've Got Mail to be. Not lost sight of it. I always knew at the core what I wanted it to be. That makes it sound bad. I didn't lose sight of it. I knew what it was. But the way that I was processing it was no longer... This thing that I've created because I really enjoy communicating and I really enjoy talking to people and I really enjoy that element of society and that human connection that you can only get through communication about feelings and thoughts. I love that type of conversation. That's why I created You've Got Mail because I wanted to create a space where we could have these types of conversations where I felt so alone for so long about these things that I was having and going through. And I was like, well, you know what? I can't be the only one. And so I created a podcast where I talk about these things that I'm going through. And then maybe someone else will listen. And then maybe they won't feel as alone. Then we can all feel like kind of like less alone together. Because I think one of the biggest things in our society is we're one of the loneliest societies to date. Life has never been as lonely as it is now. And I think that's because the internet has made us disconnected with less reliant on human connection for that connection. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so much easier now to pick up a phone and call someone. Beforehand, if you wanted a conversation, you literally had to go and speak to someone. You had to go and speak to someone if you wanted that connection. Whereas now, when we're thinking we're feeling lonely, we can go on social media and that'll form the connection. And I think I was really, really struggling with this. And that's why I created You've Got Mail, because I wanted to provide a space where we could all be together, where we could all realise that we're not as lonely as we think we are, that we're all kind of going through the same shit, as different as we are and as different as our struggles are. We are all very similar in ways and that's why I created it to make it a safe space for people because I wanted a safe space too I wanted to create a community where I felt loved valued and respected and accepted and other people I wanted to feel that too hmm did I lose sight of that yes my main goal was literally that all of a sudden for the past week I have started creating you've got mail as if like it was the be all and end all of my life as if, not not the be all and end all of my life, I said that wrong, as if, as if it was like, it had to keep growing. If it didn't grow, then that was an indication of failure, as if that meant that nothing else mattered. It like, if I wasn't growing, if things weren't getting good views, if I wasn't gaining followers, oh no, no, no. I had failed big time. I'd start to treat it like a business. I had started to treat it like I was being paid for this and it was like someone was sat on my shoulder saying, Bella, you have not reached, I don't know, 10,000 views in two days. What are you doing with your life? You're going to get fired and everything. And then, and then I just, I, I was going to implode because it's a totally unrealistic expectation to set. Social media is one of the most unpredictable areas to post in. And also that wasn't why I was doing it. If this thing grows into being something incredible then that is so exciting and I'm so grateful that that's happened and like, wow, that's incredible. But if it doesn't, even if I've just helped a selection of people, that's what I set out to do. And I had lost sight of that. I'd lost sight of that in an incredible way. And I just had created this monster of pressure around myself. And honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't me. I found out like I woke up on Thursday morning. I was like, mum, dad, where are you going? And they're like, Bella, we're going to a wedding this evening. We've told you this three times. You are just not absorbing. Like, it's not going in. Something's not right. And they sat me down and they were like, is everything okay? Because right now, nothing doesn't, everything doesn't sit right. Everything doesn't seem okay. And I just cried because I was like, really stressed about moving to London. And life in general is stressing me out. And I think it's because, really, because it didn't used to stress me out this much. 
it was because I'd started giving myself this extra pressure of you've got mail, which you've got mail used to be my happy little place. You've got mail used to be the thing that I, I loved. I absolutely loved creating the content for it. It wasn't stressful. It's like, fuck, I don't want to create a video one day. Don't create a video. If I had, if I want to create one, if I don't, don't like it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's because I enjoy doing it. This is not a career for me right now. This is not a business. This is not, there is no monotonization of any of this. It's almost volunteer work. Do you know what I mean? It's, I just do it because I enjoy doing it. And I totally lost sight of that. And I think the climax really hit me last night. I, well, I didn't, emotionally, it hit me earlier on in the week, but I kind of was like, I need to get to Friday and then I need to rethink how I'm doing things. Because this whole schedule of doing things in the more like in lunchtime, everything, it's not working. It is not working right now. I am so close to breaking point that I would just made, it, it was embarrassing because I would just so easily cry as well. I hate this about burnout. Burnout is just, it's so, it's so intense and horrible. And when you get to that point, it's very hard to come back. And that's why I created this podcast episode because I want to talk about how to solve yourself, how to get out of that rut once you've hit burnout. Because Everyone talks about how to notice the flags of getting into burnout and how to stay away from burnout. Actually, I should probably define what burnout even is if you're not sure. So burnout, the actual definition of it is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical and mental stress. In many cases, burnout is related to someone's job, but it also happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained and unable to keep up with life's incessant demands. And that was exactly how I was feeling. I honestly felt like I was running a race and the floor was constantly dropping behind me and I was just a few metres above. I was just like, I was grasping for everything and it was just getting too much and it resulted in me being totally overly emotional, sensitive. I was like so easily able to cry. I wasn't really able to take things seriously or think things through seriously and it was not nice. It was just really horrible. And then I kind of got through the emotional thing and I realised everything wasn't great. But I didn't know what the burnout was. And in my head, I was like, okay, it's just the content creation. I just need to change how I do my content creation. And I don't know, maybe if you're also like suffering with burnout, maybe you thought the same thing of, you need to change how you're doing things, need to switch up my routine. This isn't working for me right now. And I think that's a very common myth with burnout is that it's the way that you're doing things. I don't think it's the way that you're doing things. I think it's how you perceive things. I think it's the way that you're perceiving how everything is going. It's the way that you're perceiving the things around you. Because for me, recording the video in the middle of the day, not actually having a break, yeah, that wasn't a great idea. I shouldn't have done that. But what was really making me go under was this concept of this thing that I loved was now a job, another job I had to complete. It was now this form of pressure. It was now a thing where I had to, I have to do this. If I don't do this, everything is going to fail. I have to produce a video each day. Almost like I was going to get something bad was going to happen if I didn't and I was putting so much of this emotional stress on myself and I think over the past two weeks it's just gone up and up and up and up and then yesterday whoever wrote this comment on my TikTok account you potentially saved everything I say everything I'm being so dramatic it wouldn't it wouldn't have been that bad but it was such a wake-up call into how I had perceived everything differently and someone I had posted a video and someone had written a comment and they put, this account is my safe space. And I was like, I, I didn't read it. I hadn't seen it yet. I only read it yesterday. Bear in mind, on the Thursday, I'd had a pretty much a panic attack about how the account wasn't growing. It wasn't doing well anymore. I wasn't, I, was I doing badly? Is this all my fault? All of this type of thing, proper burnout mentality, because I was like, I'm not doing enough. There needs to be more, 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 more. I'm getting anxious, getting more anxious, getting overwhelming, 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 overwhelming. And then on the Friday, I'd kind of woken up in a much better, calmer mood because we'd had that chat with my parents on the Friday and I'd gone through everything and I was aware of it more and I was more conscious and I was being more calm and I was like, oh, I'll just look through some of the comments, reply to a few comments and I read the comment and honestly, I nearly started crying. Not, no, that's maybe, I'll be honest, I did nearly start crying because all of a sudden I realised that I'd totally lost my main goal. For the past few days, I'd totally forgotten what my main goal with this was. I'd forgotten that my main goal wasn't to get the most famous, to get the most influential. Like, obviously, I'd want to be that. 
But that wasn't what my goal was centered around. My goal was centered around making a positive impact, making a safe space for people where they felt like they weren't so alone. And that one comment showed that I'd done that, that I'd actually been able to do that. And once I saw that, I instantly knew I needed to change my perspective around You've Got Mail. I instantly knew that I knew I needed to shift my perspective because it was not it was not a healthy way to go about. And so even if you're not, I know this has been very applicable to You've Got Mail right now and the thing that I've been struggling with burnout, but this is applicable to anyone who is suffering burnout with anything. I think the biggest thing with burnout is it's not shifting your routine to make it more manageable. That is an important element of it. One of the biggest things with burnout is shifting, as I said, your perspective to help how you manage it because shifting your routine is not sustainable it's not a long-term change it's a short-term change it'll mix things up and it'll probably give you a better sleeping pattern and it is needed if you like for the entire change you do need to shift up the routine but you also need to change the way you are perceiving what you are doing you need to become more detached from the actual actions you're completing. And I'm not saying detached in like you need to totally remove yourself from the situation. You need to lose your love with it. You need to remove yourself. No, not at all. I just needed to realize that as much as I love You've Got Mail, it's a thing that I do. It's not all that I am. As much as you love what you're passionate about and what you're working towards and how hard you're trying, it might be education, it might be school, it might be lessons, it might be art, it might be, I don't know, driving. As much as you, maybe driving was a bad example. I don't think you could get burnout from driving. Maybe you could. To be fair, when I was training for my driving test, that was fu- that was fucking stressful. I just choked a bit then. I think of fly, ew, moving on. Um, I think whatever's causing you to burn out right now, and you know what it is, You say you don't know what it is, but you do know what it is. You know the thing that you've not been wanting to do recently that you have just been trying too hard. The thing you've been focusing on like nothing else. The thing that you really want to happen, but you maybe want to happen too much. And I think the issue with this is, is that you accept that this is going on, but you don't accept that that is not you. It's something you're doing. You are not it. Your worth is not associated with it. You are removed from the situation. You need to set yourself clear boundaries about when you do this thing. Because if you let this thing dominate your life, it is going to take control over everything. It is going to infiltrate yourself into every single aspect. You are going to find yourself worrying about it and thinking about it when it's really not the right time. You're going to find yourself thinking about it when you're with your friends, when you're having dinner, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're trying to go to bed. That thing that is causing you burnout and stress is constantly on your brain, which means of course you're going to get burnout because you're never turning off. You're never switching off from what really is going on. It's the exact analogy I gave earlier. It's too many tabs open. You have too many things going on because if you have more than one or two things open, you always have that third thing running and you always have that fourth thing running. And all of a sudden you have all of these things going on in your life in a line that just means you are running at a rate that is disastrous. It is not sustainable. And that is why burnout happens. And I think... This is also linked to this idea that burnout is caused because this now this new form of way that we're creating. I'm going to pretend that like your passion, the thing that's causing you burnout, you're creating it for consumption with other people in mind because you think that that is you, that your worth is associated with it. I was creating the videos because all of a sudden I felt like I had to and I was creating it with other people in mind because of what they would want to see. And that was causing me inner so much stress because not only was I thinking, okay, do I like this video? Will they like this video? Will this video do well? I don't really know. Like, I'm just going to have to create it and I hope they like it. But this is stressful. You're creating with consumption in mind, which is not just producing for yourself. It's not just, you're not studying because you're interested. You're studying because, and to be fair, that's probably a bit of a skewed example because you're studying because you want to get a good grade to get into somewhere. That is important. But you're studying because you think your self-worth is related to that grade. It's so important to study for your tests and revise. And I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm saying when you've stopped, stop. When you close the book, switch off. It can't be there forever. You can't be consistently doing it. It's not fair to yourself and the people around you. You need to be able to switch off. Because if you don't switch off, you are going to do what I did. You are going to burn out and it is not fun. Because when you burn out, you waste a week. You waste a week. I had a week this week and there were points of it that I ruined, full on ruined because I just felt so shit about everything. And that's okay. It happens. Like, I'm not like, feeling guilty about it. It happens. It's kind of like a red flag that things weren't going great. But I think this is the thing. We think that if you do, I, for one, thought that if I did it all the time, if I really focused on it, if I really tried hard, 
then that would be the best way to do it. But the reality is it's so much more dangerous to do this burnout situation where you push yourself too hard and then have to stop and then start again, then actively managing it as you go on. So what can you do when this happens to you? Well, I've started to really focus on the mantra that things happen for you, not to you. Things happen for you, not to you. And I honestly think my content has not been doing well because I needed to realise this deep set anxiety inside myself about the things that I was producing. I needed to realise why I was producing it and the shift that had happened in my mindset surrounding it. I needed to focus on that because by focusing on that, I was able to uncover what was going on internally and what was leading me to this cliff edge of doom. Because it kind it wouldn't have been sustainable oh it, it would have crashed and it could have ended up me not being able to do this anymore because I didn't keep any enjoyment for it I was no longer able to enjoy it I needed to notice this monster I was creating realize what I was doing so what can you do if you are suffering with burnout how can you carry on when you everything just feels so much that's going on what can you do I think one of the biggest things is you need to create time that's just for you you need to calm out time in your day or in your week where you do what you're passionate about just for you. You're not doing it for consumption. You're doing it because you love it. Because I think it's so important to remember why you fell in love with it in the first place. You need to know what's going on. You need to let it remain your sanctuary. And I think one of the things is that we think if we're not doing it for consumption, it's no longer productive. But the fact is, even if you're, for me, it's like writing down how I feel. If I'm, even if I'm writing down how I feel just for private, just for me, it's still exploring my ability to write. It's still extending my ability to communicate how I feel. It's still exposing myself to new ideas and contemplating different topics. It's still helping me grow. It's still helping me pursue this as a passion because I'm still developing myself. Let's say you love drawing, but you started to draw recently, you have a drawing Instagram account, you have a business with drawing, you're feeling so burnt out because now drawing, this thing that you used to run to, is the thing that you're running from. It's no longer this thing to escape to. You're escaping from it because it's the thing that's causing you so many stress because it's the thing that you can constantly only think about. You need to remember why you fell in love with drawing in the first place. You need to take it right back to step one and properly think about what What's going on? You also need to be strict with your time. And this is the thing that I'm really starting to focus on. You need to be strict with your time. You cannot let these tabs run on forever. You can't let things overlap. Like tabs on Chrome, I keep coming back to this analogy of how your brain should not feel because it is not healthy and you're not being present with what's going on in your life. You need to make sure that things do not overlap. How can you be stricter with your time? Give yourself a timetable and stick to it. I post a video. I am allowed to check it twice, twice, within the hour after I posted it, and then that is it. I can't check it again. I was checking it way too much, and that was getting overwhelming, and that was meaning that that was slipping into every other aspect of what I was doing. I was never thinking, okay, I've posted that, move on. I was thinking, post that, check the views, check the lights, check everything, check, 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 refresh, refresh, refresh. Social media is addictive, we all know this, and I fell into the trap of realising it's addicted. I I became addicted to it because it's that serotonin boost. It's that, I don't think it's serotonin actually. I think it's dopamine. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's that chemical boost that is what makes it so addictive. And I had fallen into the trap. And I think this is the thing. I hadn't become strict with my time, which meant I was no longer closing myself off and starting new. And my brain was never having a break, which just means you're burning the candle at both ends. My mum has this saying. It's not my mum's saying. She's definitely not her saying. I don't know where. It's just an old... I don't know, it's an old English one anyway. I think it's English. It's an old saying. I'm panicking because I don't want to say the wrong thing about it, but it's just a saying. There we go. So the saying goes, um, you're burning the candle at both ends, but the light shines so bright. So basically indicating, although life's going really well at the moment, it's not going to last forever because you're putting too much into this right now. It's not going to be successful because it cannot last forever because you're burning things twice as brightly. Twice as strongly things are happening too fast, the rate at which you're going, although it looks incredible, although you're getting incredible results, it is not sustainable and it will not be long lasting. And I think this is the thing. This is why having everything going on in your brain at once, your brain is moving faster and faster and faster. The rate at which you're thinking about things is too fast. It's not sustainable and you need to actively calm that down. I think one of the other biggest things that I've focused on recently and it's the teaching by Abraham Hicks and it's this concept that focus on the solution not the problem and it's really really interesting I have tested this today and it's very very odd and it's something that I've really been doing so 
It's this idea that by thinking about the problem, you're attracting negative energy, you're getting more and more anxious, it's putting more and more pressure onto you and good things will not come. It won't happen. It's this, whatever your like thoughts are, actions and actions bring things into your world. You know what I mean? It's law of attraction. It's what we all know about. And it's this idea that by focusing on a problem, you're attracting more into that problem and more stress. And it's this vicious, vicious cycle. But by focusing on the solution, you attract the solution. You detract energy that is anxiety and pressure you remove all this anxiety and pressure from you I was focusing on the fact that I wasn't getting more views I wasn't focusing on the fact that this is going somewhere I'm still getting more followers this is exciting you've got mail is so good and I love it and I love creating I wasn't focusing on any of that I was focusing on the negative aspects of it and even if you don't believe in law of attraction and manifestation surely you can agree that by focusing on the negatives of something, you're only going to breed negative energy. You're never going to breed positive energy. It's never going to help you in a beneficial way. So if you're also suffering with burnout, I think on top of managing your time, making sure that you create time just to do your passion project just for you, carving out parts that let it remain your sanctuary, you also need to start focusing on the solution and the positive outcome that you want to come. You need to start realizing where you want this to go because the way, if you don't, it's just not sustainable. And I tried this today with two things that were like nothing to do with the podcast I was like I really focus on finding my apple pen I've lost this pen for a week and a half and I was stressed about it I was like I focus on finding it it will come to me it's exciting when I find it everything will be good when I find it and guys guess who found the pen me because when you're putting out this energy of attracting things it's gonna come to you if you're putting out this energy of I'm stressed and it's not working it's not gonna come to you and I'm using this knowledge for my housing situation in London which we're not going to talk about but let's just say I definitely got ahead of myself saying oh I found a house I haven't found a house yet but I'm focusing on the solution which is I will find a house and how exciting it is that I'm moving to London that's what I'm focusing on and the same with you've got mail and feeling burnt out I'm not focusing on the fact that I'm not growing and it's not doing anything I'm focusing on the fact that I'm creating something I really love creating how exciting is that I feel like that's pretty cool so yeah This week's been a tough one. It's been really hard and I haven't really had to deal with burnout like this in a non-educational way. A lot of my burnout is associated with school and education. But this one was associated with like a passion project, which is a bit of a trickier one because it's almost self-inflicted. Well, it is self-inflicted. No one was telling me not to do it. No one was telling me to do it. It was solely myself. I'm literally only got myself to blame. And so I think that's what made it kind of a bit more bittersweet when I had this realisation of what I'd created because I was happy that I'd realised how much I had shifted the focus of You've Got Mail in my head. But also sad that I'd let that happen because I really didn't want to let that happen. But anyway, we don't focus on the negatives. We focus on the fact that we found the solution. And that's okay. Don't beat yourself up that you got burnt out. Just acknowledge the long-term solution that you're going to do to make it get better. But let me know if you found that helpful because I found it so helpful chatting through. You probably listened to me ramble for half an hour now about (laughs) my little burnout session, which was stressful. But we should probably move on to the next part of the podcast, which is the new things I've done this week. So congratulations on getting to the final part of the podcast. This has been a very long podcast episode. I am sorry about that, but I feel like it deserved its own. There was so much to talk about. It's been such a week of intensity. And I don't think people, I feel like people talk about burnout a lot, but they don't talk about how to solve burnout. So I hope you found that helpful. But anyway, the new things that have happened this week, guys, I finally, I finally, I'm nearly finishing Stranger Things. And I'm not mentally prepped for the second half of the episode. Me and my boyfriend, like we got to halfway through because it on Netflix, it said we'd finished it. But I think we both just fell asleep. We both just fell asleep at the end of episode seven because I don't remember watching any of it. I, I remember watching the beginning parts of it because they were familiar. But I feel like we binge watched episodes six and seven and then eight come and come on and it probably like two in the morning and we just fell asleep. And then it finished. And then I was like, well, we obviously have watched it then. It must have happened. I must just have not remembered what went on. But no, I hadn't watched it in the slightest. So last night we finally started watching that. And I am nervous. We left it at such a key point. Such a key point. They were just about to go into the mission. I'm not mentally prepared. I'm also about to finish Moth. And when I tell you, Moth is the book that I told about last week. Otherwise, this sounds weird. Written by Melody Razak. And when I tell you... When I tell you I now know what they mean by heartbreaking, this book, this book on top of the emotional week I've had has just been like a punching bag of intensity. It's def- I think it's my favourite book I've ever read. 
honestly, it's up there with Streetcar Named Desire, which is my favourite play. I, and Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, Streetcar Named Desire and Moth by Melody Razak. Couldn't fault any of them. I realised I love an intricate book. I love a book that's really cleverly written. Handmaid's Tale, everything in there is a fact. We had to read it for A-level and I love doing all the research and everything for that. Streetcar Named Desire has so many behind the scenes meaning. I love the meanings. Everything is so important. The colour that they use, everything has a meaning in it. And I love the research behind that, hearing what Arthur Miller, why he did things certain ways. And it's the same with Moth in a different type of way because it is a book, but I love the way it's written. Her, the way she's able to describe things and just make things come to life is incredibly beautiful. Like it's, I could not recommend a book enough. To, if you're going to read one book this year, please just read this, please just read this, because I need to talk about it with someone, because no one I know has read it yet, and every part of it is beautiful, you will fall in love with every single character, and your heart will break for every single character, because I was totally unaware of the atrocities that happened when India was split into India and Pakistan, in 1946 in Delhi what happened when on Independence Day when the British rule was lifted I was totally unaware of what happened there because we are not taught this in the school curriculum which I this deserves its own podcast in itself my disagreement with how fundamentally wrong this the educational system is is in the fact that we only learn about the positive parts we never learn about the negative parts of our own history and I think that's really really bad we should we should have a full curriculum that covers everything about who we are as a nation and we don't it's true we don't but anyway that's sidetracking this book it will make you laugh and cry and fall in love with the characters and the imagery used throughout I just please read it please read it but just a bit of like a trigger warning I mean if you read it please like read about it as well because what happened in India it it, it was awful to the women and children not women not women and children women it, it was awful so like trigger warning for sexual abuse type things if you don't like I don't know I feel like I should say this I don't really know but yeah you read it at your own read it as what you think you will like or not but it is some really horrible things happen it's very truthful but I think it's such an important read and I really could not recommend this book enough so please please read it if you can because I'm on the last 25 pages and that's what I'm going to spend the rest of my evening doing I also, also on new things this week, I have always been very curious. You know that Korean dish where it's like a live octopus and it wraps around the um, um, chopstick? One of my mum's friends went to, I think she went to Japan and she had it there. I know it's a Korean dish, but she had it in Japan. She had it there and I remember watching it and being like, is it alive? Is she eating an alive octopus? Like, what's going on here? No. I learned this today from a TikTok video from anyone else who is was as intrigued as I was about this. Like, what is going on? Is it alive? Not alive, just ridiculously fresh. They have like a like a fish tank where they keep the octopuses, and then like they'll prepare the octopuses, which I think means kill them. But just but as you're about to eat it, and then because the nerves are still alive, the suckers still work, and that's how they move. They're not actually alive when you're eating them. It's just so fresh. Like you know, this is taking a bit of a gruesome turn. I'm sorry about this, but you know when people like in the Tudors, sometimes they would have those stories about someone get beheaded and they'd still be able to blink or something like that because the nerve endings they hadn't died yet. That's the same situation, people. So yeah, I learned that, and honestly, that fact is really. It's really interesting. I, I have been wanting to know that for a long time. So that was successful. I also booked my first thing in a Bali, my first accommodation. Guys, we are staying in this place, which has private balcony, a pool. Um, it's a pool we share with two other people. But, you know, like, I'm okay with that. Definitely okay with that. It has AC, has a kitchen, massive, like, bedroom area. It has, no, it has its own workspace. It's in the centre of a bud. Guess how much I'm paying for it? Everyone I've looked at has been like, you're paying £200 a night for that, aren't you? Bella, what are you doing? Spending all of your money like that? You're meant to be going on this budget-friendly trip. What are you doing? How are you going to last a month? Oh, everyone. No. I am paying £13 a night. £13 a night. Can we just, can we just, can we just? When I went, like, on my last travelling trip, like, around Greece and India, Greece and India? No, it was Greece and Italy. I did that when I did my A-levels. I spent £30 a night on such shitty accommodation. Like, it was hands down some of the worst accommodation I've ever... Like, 
There's cockroaches. It was horrible, horrible. This is beautiful. £13. I know these countries are really, really far away and so the flight ticket costs more. But if you can get a cheap flight ticket, you will save so much money in accommodation. I promise. But finally, the things I want to recommend to you that I have done this week are... Buying plant food for your plants. I know I've spoken about this before, but fucking hell, I'm finally reaping the rewards. My cheese plant has never grown so many leaves in its lifestyle. And its lifestyle is honestly, it is thriving. And I also really want to recommend to you all this. Like, if you want to get into meditation, this has been one new thing that I've been doing this week. I'm in my Pilates era again. I have this issue with sports and stuff that I get really bored. And so now I'm in my Pilates era, which means that I don't spend as much time working out because Pilates is significantly less time because I'll go for a run. So on one day, I might do like a run and a workout. And the next day, I might do a workout and meditation. I've kind of been alternating between one or the other. But a really good meditation to do is the Mindful in Minutes meditation honestly, I'm going to rate it five stars right now. She, she's my favorite person for it. She's called Kelly Smith, yoga for you. I don't know. It, her meditations make me feel so calm and the music she uses, everything about it is very, very enjoyable. Some of the stuff you have to pay for, I don't pay for anything, be honest. I just use the free ones. I use the gratitude one this yesterday morning and it was so calming and I would highly recommend I'm going to put a link in the show notes I'm also going to link moss because if one of you guys there's 300 I'm going to manifest 350 I haven't checked but I'm going to pretend it's that there's 350 of you here you definitely one of you could listen to it read it I don't know please I need to talk about it with someone it's incredible Anyway, I should probably let you get on with your day now. This has been probably a little bit of a longer podcast episode than you're used to. I hope that was okay. I just, this topic has a lot to say about and I think it's very, very important to be aware of as you get older and as you're going into the working world and as you're going into starting to pursue what you want and managing your own time, it's how you are able to manage these different things going on in your life. But I hope you have a lovely week and make sure you're following me on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod or on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod. And if you ever have any comments about the podcast or anything you want to chat to me about, my DMs are always open. I've also recently started doing a weekly newsletter, which is just kind of a little update from me and journal prompts and links to everything that I've been doing that week or I think you should be doing my favorite playlist for that week. Just kind of an informal high. And I think I enjoy doing it anyway. And if you want to be on that, make sure you're following me on Instagram so that you're aware when I put up the question box for you to put in your email address. I hope you're having a lovely week and I can't wait to speak to you next week. See you later. Bye.